When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet robe let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only ms gretchen rossi hey hi love what is going on gretchen how are you today i'm exhausted you know this whole mom thing's for the birds (laughs) no i'm kidding i i'm just i'm exhausted we okay so we went on vacation for a week to bass lake Oh gosh, Bass Lake. I just said it out loud. Oh, you went to Bass Lake. <laughs> I'm going to get my ass beat on that one. Um, so we were in Bass Lake with my family. And then when I came home, I had Skylar's second birthday party that we just planned and did a whole thing for. So I'm just exhausted. Like it's a lot to like do a whole vacation. And I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, David, but did you see the U-Haul truck that I had to get to just travel? I follow you on Instagram. I did not see the U-Haul truck though. (laughs) We had to get a trailer just to get all the crap that we had up to the lake for Skylar. How long did you go? You went for a whole week? We went for like eight days, but here's the thing. You know, you forget how much stuff a little person needs. Like they need like a packet plate. They need the stroller. We had a wagon in order to get all of the crap down to the water and the boat. We had um, her, you know, toys to play with. We had like a little car that she loves to drive in every day. I mean, it's just, and here's the thing, because it gets so hot up at the lake, like if it's too hot to be out on the water or outside all day, I like to have stuff for her to do because she is just a very busy, busy little girl. And so I just was like, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm just going to rent the freaking trailer. And the, right on the back of the trailer, it says for vacationing. So I was vacationing. <laughs> so... I mean, do you love being a mom though? I think you love it. No, I really do. I really do. It is honestly the best thing I've ever done. It is. And right now she's at that age. She just turned two. And right now she's at that age that is just so fun. And so she's so loving. And she like just comes up and wants to hug you. And like today, like when I put my makeup on, she's like, mama pretty. Like she just is being so sweet now. And, um, and she's just coming into this like little personality. So I'm loving it. The first two years, honestly, were really, really hard on me because it was such a huge transition in my life. And, you know, I had her at 41 years of age. So when you're used to everything in your life, being on your schedule, how you want to do it, you know, what you want to do to everything becomes, you know, focused around this child. And like, you can't even go on date nights anymore. You can't go to events anymore unless you have somebody to watch the kid, which most of the time there's never anybody to watch the kids. So it was a huge transition for me and I had really bad postpartum depression. So that was a, that was a rough go for me, but now I feel like I've got my groove back a little and I'm, I just really love every second of it. But you were so open and honest about your postpartum. So like that must have, like, did you just hear from moms all across America or the world? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because it's, it's always such a vulnerable thing to share when you're sharing something like that, because, you know, you just don't want people to judge you or place, you know, um, you know, just opinions on you in your life. And I really did. I had so many people just reach out and say, thank you so much for being so raw and honest about this. And you know, I just really was, I was really, really struggling. I mean, thank goodness I have my CBD to take that, that got me out of it. Cause I, cause even my doctors, like they did like an intervention, my pediatrician and the uh, gynecologist, they like called each other and they were like, we need to like get Gretchen on 
some medicine because she's like not doing well. And I remember laying in bed and just crying and because I'm just, I'm pharmaceutical drugs aren't for me. I, it's just affected our family really badly. Um, and so I didn't want to take any of them. And I just sat in, up in the middle of the night and I'm like, wait a minute, like I need to like, just try everything alternative first. And thank God I did. And I literally about, I don't know, I want to say like three days later after taking my stuff, I started to feel better. And I say that because wow. I was still breastfeeding at the time. And because I was such a high risk pregnancy and all that, I stopped taking all of our CD pro CBD products, anything that could remotely be questionable during pregnancy and breastfeeding. And so once they told me they were going to put me on the pharmaceutical drugs, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to try the stuff that I know and trust. And I've spoke with the scientist and been in the lab with him and know how it works um, or what they're, you know, putting into the product. And so I, I started using my stuff and thank God I got better. So that's good. Yeah, I'm happy again. <laughs> well, that is good. And yes, I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, listen, I, I know kids are not for me, so yeah, I couldn't, I mean, I, tell me how you know that. I just do. Okay. I just do. You know, it's like you say, like, I mean, you know, like the adjustment you went through of like, you're used to having all your time to yourself and yeah. then they're just not. Yeah. No, but you know what? I love that. You know that because there's so many people in life that feel this, you know, pressure the societal, you know, pressure to have a child and then they have the child and then they just can't give to the child as much as they should be when they take on that responsibility. And then that's when we have problems with kids. So I love the fact that you are just, you know, steadfast in that and that you know that and you're making the right decision for you and for a child, you know? I think so too. I think a lot of people have children for like very selfish, like the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I have to tell you, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. And I knew I always wanted to have kids, but even for me, as much as I wanted children, there was days I'm like, where's the Amazon return button. Okay. Like <laughs> I was just like, this is so much harder and so difficult, so much more difficult than I had ever imagined. I felt like, I just felt like everybody always was like, oh my gosh, it's the most blissful, wonderful thing. And, and really like the day to day grind of having a baby in every aspect of your life. I mean, I know as they get older, it gets easier. They start going to school, all that stuff. But like the first couple of years, I mean, it is tough, man. It's really, really tough. It is tough. And I want to talk more about that. And I want to talk about your amazing partnership with LifeVac. But before we get there, I always tell people, listen, the second time you come back, Gretchen, we don't need to go over the past ever again, because you'll already have been here behind the velvet rope. But since this is your first time here, this is what I wanted to ask you. Can you believe it's been seven years since you were on the Housewives? Because I couldn't when I looked up the actual year. Isn't that wild? I know. And what's funny is because there, I feel like, I, it's so strange. Like I cannot believe it's been seven years, but I feel as if, because the show keeps re-airing and it's syndicated all over the world. Like it doesn't feel like I've been off the show for that long because people are constantly still stopping me when I'm out or, or people are sending me messages about the show or about something that's going on. And like just recently, just going back on watch what happens live. I mean, it was like this influx on my social media again. And I was like, why am I getting so much, many more followers and so much stuff. And then I was like, was it seriously? Cause I was just on like, watch what happens live. It's wild. It's really wild. The power of TV, right? Yes, it really, it really is interesting and amazing to see the power of TV for sure. When you look back at like the time you were on the show, like overall, like just how do you remember it? I mean, I know a lot has happened and a lot happened when you were there, but like just overall, how do you remember it? So, you know, it's one of those things where there was so much good. And for me, unfortunately, there was so much bad. So I have like a love hate relationship with the show. Um, I feel like, I mean, I've had so many incredible opportunities and I've, you know, connected with this incredible fan base and this audience through social media and my fans all around the world. And I'm just like so grateful on so many levels for that. I could not have succeeded in my businesses had it not been for the, um, you know, the audience and the connection there. Um, so I really feel just so lucky. And I shouldn't say I, shouldn't have, I wouldn't have succeeded. I just think 
the, a TV show allows you to accelerate your business to a level that would take people five years to get to. Do you know what I mean? 100. Like, yes. Yeah. So I feel like I just had so many opportunities because of the show, but I also had a lot of negative things come from the show. And there was a lot of things that were misbetrayed about me and Slade on the show. And you know, that bleeds into your real life. It's like at the end of the day, they're editing it and they're making a TV show. And that they can make you look a certain way because they want your character to, you know, be a certain person and people forget that that like affects your real life. And so that affects jobs that affects, you know, when you're out in public and people are saying things to you or they have this certain thought process of who you are. And so, yeah, so there is a lot of good, but there was also some bad for us for sure. What was like the best thing for you that happened or that from the show? Let's see. I mean, I would just say truly like my businesses. I mean, I really felt so blessed and lucky that um, I was able to have just really successful businesses through it. And we were able to, you know, just, just do explore, um, have opportunity, like I was saying, have opportunities. That I, I mean, for goodness sakes, I got to go on the Oprah Winfrey show. I mean, you know, stuff that like the regular person in their life probably would never be able to get to do. So I just was able to do so many things. I traveled the world. I was doing appearances every single weekend, meeting incredible, amazing people. Um, I got to be on the Pussycat Doll stage in Las Vegas. I mean, how many people say they get to perform on a stage in Las Vegas, although they totally did me wrong on that performance, but whatever. The point is, is that um, I really just feel like so many great things came from it. And at the end of the day, if you, if you think about it, you almost, you get this video diary of like this whole, you know, season of your life. And so it's just kind of fun to be able to look back and have all that. Cause this was even, I was on this, you know, I was not the OG cause I want Vicky mad at me, but I was like one of the original originals. Like I was cast even before Bethany for uh, New York was cast. Wow. So, I, you know, came in season four and, you know, I, there's a, like back then there wasn't a lot of social media at the time. I think we only had Twitter maybe or something like that, but it, what, there wasn't a lot of social media. So it's not like we were filming and documenting our lives every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it would be like, do you ever think about like how different it would be if you were on now? Cause at least 50% of the show now is really social media. Like you see what happens on the TV and then what makes the news is these Twitter fights, these Instagram fights, like. Right. I know. You know what? Honestly, I'm so grateful that I'm not on the show with this much social media. I have to tell you, like, I think that's really tough and it's hard not to get involved in it because when someone's talking, you know, crap about you, you want to respond, you know, and you want to like go back and fight and, and I'm one of those girls that like you push, push, push. And then finally I'm like, okay, you know, gloves are off, let's go. Um, and then what's hard about that is then everybody else gets involved in the opinions. And then, you know, you have the 97,000 blogs that post about it and then they all have their take. And yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I'm kind of relieved. I'm relieved for two things. I'm relieved that I'm not on it during social media and I'm relieved I'd never had children while I was on the show. <laughs> that would be a whole different uh-huh. level. Yeah. What about, cause you say there's bad, like what's like one of the worst things that. Well, I mean, I hate even bringing it up cause I hate even giving it any energy, but you know, I mean, the women accused me of having a, a affair on Jeff while I was sick in the hospital. And, you know, I ended up in court with that guy for eight years and I won thankfully. And I have, you know, charges against him for stalking and harassing and lying and interference with, you know, um, contractual relations and all the things that he did to try and destroy my reputation and my life. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that was one of the worst things to come out of it. It cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, you know, just to defend my good name and my integrity. So that was, that really sucked (laughs) for sure. Yeah. That's not so good. I mean, I think that's what people forget. Like this spills over to like one's real life. Yeah, that and also all of the crap that the woman spun about Slate and about who he was as a father. And, you know, they loved to say he was a deadbeat dad and didn't take care of his son and like all of that stuff. So that was really hard. And that really was a huge decision in me wanting to step away because it just got to a point where, you know, I could see it wearing on Slade and I know what a good, wonderful daddy is and how much he's always tried to be there for his boys and um I mean he never had a problem with Gavin but obviously the all crap they spun about Grayson 
Um, and look, I mean, anybody that even follows me on social media today sees who Slate is as a, as a father. Um, and there's no denying that he's an incredible father that would do anything for his children. And, you know, when there's certain people in his life that wants to portray it a different way, it was, it was really hard. Well, and we did just see him. We had a guest appearance yeah. before we started recording. I'm like, is that Slate in the background? He can just come and say hi to. We have a picture to document it. <laughs> so, I mean, he's watching Skylar now while you talk to me. So He's the best daddy ever. He's so engaged with her. I mean, Skylar and him have such a special bond. Her and I do too. I mean, Slate and I are very hands-on parents. We love being with her. I do have help three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And that's only because Slade and I do work full time. So we have to have some help with her. Um, but you know, we love being with her and we do get to work from home. So we get to see her throughout the day. And if I you know, need to take a break and just love on her or play with her or take her to the park, I get to do that. So, you know, we've really created a, a really beautiful life with her and we just feel very blessed. If you've ever dreamed of having the chance to win awesome prizes like a dream vacation in an overwater villa in the Maldives, a DeLorean DMC-12, or my personal favorite, karaoke with Charlize Theron, then you have to check out Omaze. It's the new way to give back to charity and win big prizes while doing it. Here's how Omaze works. You enter for the chance to win something amazing, and at the same time, you can donate to support great causes. It's a fun and easy way for nonprofits to raise money and for you to win big prizes, like a multi-million dollar house in Miami. You have to check out this house. It's over 6,000 feet. It has seven bedrooms and six bathrooms. So here's how it works. You go to omaze.com slash velvet rope and you select the Miami dream house or a different experience of your choosing. Once you've selected your prize, you choose a donation amount from $10 to $150. The more you donate, the more entries you'll get. Enter today for your chance to win the Miami dream house or any other life-changing prizes and experiences. Omaze.com slash velvet rope. Plus, receive 20 extra entries when you enter the code VELVETROPE20. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash VELVETROPE. And use VELVETROPE20 as your code to receive 20 extra entries when you visit O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash VELVETROPE. Do you think that you would ever have more children? You know what? The thought of it is yes. For sure. I would love to have more children. We actually have one more embryo. So um, I would love that's genetically sound. So I would love to have another baby. And I'd love to give Skylar a sibling because I see her with her cousins and other children and she just interacts so well with them. So I would love, love, love that. But I don't know if right now mentally, physically, emotionally, I can take that on. Skylar and anybody that watches her, my parents, everybody says this. Skylar is like having three children in one. She's just very busy. She's advanced. She's very smart. She's very manipulative. I mean, she's just like, she knows how to like get people to do things for her. And you're like, you are too. You should not be able to know how to do this. So um, she's just, she's a full-time job. And so I think I need a couple, at least one more year. I don't think I'll even consider it until she's three, but you know, then I start getting a lot older. So I don't know if my body can handle another pregnancy. So we'll just have to see. I, I love the concept of it, but I just, I don't know. I think I would want more. I would need more full-time help. I would just need a little more hands on deck before I did that. It's a big job. Yeah. Do you watch, like, did you watch last season of Orange County Housewives? No. So here's the thing. So I canceled my cable like a while ago. So, and I kind of mad at myself that I canceled it because especially this season with Beverly Hills, I like really wanted to watch Beverly Hills. So I'm kind of bummed that I canceled it. Um, but no, I just have not, I've not watched Housewives consistently at all since I left. And, but I also don't live under a rock. I mean, I have social media and everything that's happening on the show pops up on your social media. And so you, you have a clue about what's going on. You know, you're not completely clueless, but actually sitting down and watching the series now. Well, some hailed it as the worst season of housewives of any housewives franchise in the history of housewives. Oh no. Oh no. But you know what? I have to say something like 
I'm not even like a fan of some of the, that cast or, you know, whatever. However, I have to just say with a little caveat that they had to film during COVID and like, that was a really hard go for them. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really tough time to like try and put together a hit show through a pandemic like that. So I think you've got to give them a little bit of leeway. However, I also think there were certain people on there that really just didn't resonate with the fans. And I think that the fans spoke up and said, like, we're not happy with what, you know, is being shown to us. Like, who are you not a fan of on the cast? <laughs> Look at you go there. David, I'm not getting myself in trouble on this one. <laughs> well, you've made comments in the past about, say, Bronwyn, at least. <laughs> Listen, here's my thing. The thing that's so crazy about the Bronwyn situation is, um, and a lot of people don't know this because she lied the first season um, about how she met me. Um, She actually reached out to a mutual friend and asked him to reach out to me and to have us meet so that she could have some like advice about the show. I told my friend, I don't really want to be involved. He's like, please do me a solid. You know, this girl's really nice. Da-da-da. So I kind of like sat on it for a couple of weeks and then I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. Whatever. If she wants some advice. I'm just going to keep it really, you know, low key and just go meet with her. And I, I understand going into a new show, how scary that can be, whatever. So I meet with her. She was so lovely, like lovely. She even brought a gift because I was pregnant at the time for Skylar, like a nice gift. And she was so lovely. She told me she was a huge fan of mine from the show, da, 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 had a great time with her. She even said, let's go to dinner. Let's do all this, whatever. Then, and I, as I'm leaving and I didn't even like say anything bad about any of the cast members. I just gave her advice about like, you know, what to expect, whatever. I didn't even talk bad about any, not even Tamara, believe it or not. I didn't even talk bad about any of them to her. Um, when I was leaving, I said, by the way, just so you know, it's probably a good idea. You don't tell the girls that you came and met with me because it's just going to cause like problems. Right. And not even for me. Cause I could do whatever I want. I meant for her going on the show. Like that's going to cause a problem for you. And I knew full well that Tamara would be the one person that would be the most upset about it. So I gave her that advice. Well, not only did she share it, but she lied about it. And she claimed to the girls that I reached out to her and that Lizzie reached out to her, which was a flat out lie. We had all the text messages. Emily reached out to us cause we're still really good friends with Emily and said, you know, Bronwyn's telling Tamara, that you reached out to her. And I'm like, that is such a lie. So we forwarded the text messages to Emily. Cause she's like, well, can you show me how that she reached out to you? I'm like, sure. So I forwarded the text messages to Emily and she showed it on TV and, you know, Bronwyn got busted for lying and, uh, and Tamara was obviously mad or whatever, but you know, it just, that's the part that frustrates me about her is that she seemed so great and so cool. And then she just started lying. And once somebody just automatically starts lying about you, it makes that person questionable. And it makes you feel like that person is a little shady. And that's how I felt. And then as you started to see her storyline and stuff play out on the show, it just wasn't resonating with the audience. I mean, this isn't me talking. This is because I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. This was the audience literally saying everything felt just a little staged. Now I know she's come out and said, it's not staged. I'm gay. I'm, you know, um, uh, I was an alcoholic. I'm sober now. And that's great. That's, you know, that's her story to tell or whatever, but I'm just telling you from the outsider's perspective, when you, if you read any blog, if you read anything that was posted about her, everyone, nobody, like people just did not resonate with her and they weren't fans of what she was showing. So the wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Yes, everyone thought it was too much, too soon, yeah. and not believable. Yeah. I'm not saying it either. It's, it yeah. is what the consensus of the audience <laughs> thought. Yeah, and I feel bad for her if, if you know, if all of that in her life is is true and it's real, I feel bad for her that the audience didn't 
you know, since that, but for whatever reason, whatever she was putting out the vibe that she was giving, like you said, maybe it was just all, too much all at once, like at least spread it out over, you know, five seasons or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it was just a lot, I think. And I don't think the audience was quite ready for that much stuff all at once. And I think that's, what's going to be, well, anyways, I'm not going to keep going, but go ahead. <laughs> you think that's going to be what based on no, the, the new season? What would you say? Well, I was going to say, were you going to relate that to the new season now? Yeah. That- yes. Yes. I think, you know, I just, I'm excited about Heather coming back. I think the audience has wanted to see her for a long time. Um, I wanted to see her. I might actually get cable back just to see her new home. Um, (laughs) um, But Heather is just a really likable person. And I think that she has, um, you know, a a non-traditional family in the sense of like what she's been openly um, or spoken about openly about her children and, you know, um, just all those things. So I think that that is going to be a, a better scenario for the audience to kind of be slowly rolled into those other spaces that maybe they, it was just like a little too much with them with Bronwyn. And again, this is not like a hit to Bronwyn. I'm saying this is lit because I was fine with it. Like all of her stuff, whatever. I think it's great. You know, I'm all for supporting anyone in all of those communities, but I feel like, um, I don't know if the audience was just ready for all of that all at once. So why do you think Heather? So, well, first of all, you might get cable to watch Heather. So I think that's <laughs> that and Beverly Hills. It won't be just Heather, but it will be, um, it will be Beverly Hills. And, and I, and if the two, and if one of the other girls that I'm hearing is cast, um, I know her, so it will be fun to see her as well. So Noella, not Noella. I mean, I, I kind of known, I don't know Noella at all. I'm saying I just know of her because of obviously because of Bronwyn and I saw her like at a party that I was at, but, um, but I, I also, have you heard the like Nicole James or something? Yes. Yeah. So I know her and she's really lovely and really sweet. And, um, she's actually a little shy from what I, you know, have been around her. So it'll be interesting to see when she's like, gorgeous and she's like the most perfect body ever so I think she'll I think if it's her I think she's gonna make a great addition I heard it's her and Noella also yeah that's what I heard why do you think they wanted Heather so bad like just Bravo and the producers like what do you think it's why do you think she's such a good fit well here's the thing you gotta remember too Heather and Terry have a great relationship with Evolution which is the production company that produces um Housewives you know he has all the shows on on E with them, you know, she's kind of part of like that NBC universal family. And so I think when you already have a great relationship with producers and whatnot, it just makes, you know, bringing yourself back into the mix. It makes sense, you know? Um, And I also think that Heather, like I said, I think with her family, like changing and evolving and the children coming out and saying certain things about, you know, um, where they're at in their lives. I think that the audience is like, okay, this is interesting. Like what's going on, you know? And and Andy has always said this, like when there's transitions in people's lives or when there's something new and exciting and the audience wants to see that again, um, you know, I think that's what it was about. People wanted to see her house. I mean, people were bummed. They never got to see the big McMansion after it was built. Um, you know, and Heather's just, she's like a whole character all in her own, you know, she's fancy pants. So she's, she's funny to watch. She's, she's fun to watch. And she's just got this really, you know, fun caricature, if you will. And, um, and I think it, I think it's just going to be a good fit for sure. And I mean, like, to your point, like when people were saying, you know, like they didn't necessarily believe everything Bronwyn was putting out you know, look, Heather's not looking for fame. She has it. She doesn't need money. She has it. Like it is authentic from my point of view, whatever the Heather is that we're going to get, it's not trying to be anything. She's not. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, and I think even Heather went on her podcast and cause I saw it on the social pop-up that like Heather DeBro says paparazzi is not following uh, Bronwyn around town or something. I mean, you know, it's like that kind of stuff. It's like, everyone was, you know, they, she was saying that all these paparazzi were showing up or whatever. And here's the thing, honestly, I don't know because I wasn't there and maybe they did show up and maybe they were trying to take pictures because when anything new comes out, like when she said, okay, now I'm a lesbian and now I'm dating girls, maybe they wanted to capture that first picture. So you got to give her a little bit of credit that maybe that was happening. But the truth is, is really like, it's rare that you see paparazzi down in the OC, you know, like I, my very first season that I was on, 
there was paparazzi that did come down to the OC and it like actually scared me a little because I was on a boat and this guy like popped out behind this trash can and like was like, hi, I'm from TMZ. And I'm like, what? And it was because of like the relationship with me and Slade and they were wanting to like capture us together for the first time or something. But, um, but that, but again, that's like very specific, like people, like they have to make an effort to come down here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it looks like the holidays came early this year at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or that special man in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and well, being well-groomed down there. I mean, it's 2021. Does anyone like the non-Manscaped look these days? I don't. Listen, go to manscaped.com and use code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. When you go to manscaped.com, you also need to check out the Performance Package 4.0. It comes with a signature lawnmower. That is an electric trimmer that has proprietarily advanced technology to reduce, ouch, mishaps while using it. It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. It's the perfect gift for yourself or for that special man in your life. Listen, the Manscaped Performance Package also includes deodorant, moisturizer, toner. Yeah, all for down there. Listen, instead of having an uncomfortable conversation with your partner, just buy them this, give it to them, and the gift kind of speaks for itself, right? Also, it comes with anti-chafing boxers. All of this in the Performance Package 4.0. It doesn't just have to be for yourself or that special man in your life. Get a gift for your father, your brother. It's for everybody. So listen, go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code VELVET. Every guy out there, I feel, needs to be Manscaped. It's not New York or LA where they're everywhere around. Yeah, exactly. Like they they don't live down here. And it's it's like they, they, the, if the paparazzi is coming down here, they know, like, there's a very specific reason they're coming down and they are, they know they're going to get paid for a certain shot. You know what I mean? Do you know Fernanda Rocha? I mean, you were out with her. Um, yes, I do know her. Um, I, I, I think, wasn't I on when I, yeah, when, yeah you guys I, were on together. Yeah, she's actually lovely. I really like her. She's a really, really nice girl. Um, and I don't know anything about what's going on with her and Bronwyn. I mean, obviously I hear like the rumors and the crap and, uh, everything I was hearing was that she was like with somebody and then left her to be with Bronwyn, but I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know either, but they're apparently an item. Do you, are you shocked that like Kelly Dodd is gone? Yeah, I am shocked about that one. You know, um, I think, I mean, but again, cause you know, you don't live under a rock. It's like, you see what people are saying. And I think the audience was really, really like split on her. I think 50% of the audience just love, love, loved her. And 50% of the audience was just like, she said horrible things and, you know, did these things. And especially I think during like COVID, I think that's the one thing that really hurt her was she made that comment about like, what was it? I forget. Was it? It, yes like what didn't she say like was she the one that said like thinning the herd or something yeah, is that yeah. her i okay. couldn't remember what it was it was something like that so um i don't think that went over very well <laughs> but see that's the thing kelly is like that like meaning kelly just says whatever's on her mind and that's you this is the part that's so hard about the audience with bravo that is why they love kelly and that's why they fell in love with kelly but sometimes the audience like will turn on you when obviously it's like something really devastating and sad, like a pandemic and people are dying everywhere. I mean, I don't think people are going to be like, yeah, that was an awesome thing to say, you know? So I don't know if that comment necessarily helped her. I think she really tried to like come back from that and apologize. And she realized like what a, you know, silly statement that was. Yeah. Um, But, um, but yeah, I was kind of, I was really surprised actually, because I just feel like she, she just, you know, there is just no filter whatsoever. And Bravo loves that. Like they just love somebody that comes in and is just like, you know, and just says whatever and, and calls people out and whatever. And so I, I feel like she was a popular character. So I was surprised that, that they let her go. Well, and with Heather coming back. Oh, I was going to say that though. I would not be surprised one bit. And again, this is just my opinion. I have no idea. Um, but I would not be surprised one bit if that was part of like the deal, 
like certain people. Cause I said that too. Like when Bravo came back and was talking to me, I was just like, listen, I'm not even going to consider it until I know who's on the cast. And like, there has to be certain people that aren't there for me to even like want to come back. I mean, even Andy said that to me on watch what happens live. Cause he asked if any of us would consider ever coming back. And he's like, Gretchen, I know what your answer is. Cause obviously, you know, <laughs> I voiced that to them. So Heather's been pretty clear she'll never come back if Kelly's there. And you've been pretty clear you won't come back if Tamara's there. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, at least as like a full time housewife on the show, like my daily job, you know, whatnot like that. It's just she was just way too toxic for me. And she just had it out for me. Like she just wanted to come for me for everything. And I just, you know, that's not how I am in my daily life. Like I have such uplifting, empowering, wonderful girlfriends around me. And it just really wore on me. And I remember telling Slade, like the night before my final um, reunion, and I looked at Slade, I'm like, I'm going to wake up and have cancer because this woman just talks so much shit about me and she makes up all these lies about me. And like, I don't want that woman to have like that control over me and that like power over me because I, it just was so hard on me. So I, I, I don't want to ever go back in that environment, especially now since having a baby and knowing how much my, like, um, my attitude and my mood affects my child. And I just wouldn't want that stress and that toxicity to bleed into my child. And so if I was on the show with the right cast members, I think it would be, you know, fun to come back and, you know, share my life with the audience. Um, but with certain cast members, or really just with Tamara, I just think it would be too, too toxic for me. So technically, like if you had no control over it and Andy was like, you have no say, but Tamara won't be there. We're going to give you that, but you have no say in ever. We're going to bring back four other people or five other people from the past. You would be fine. It's just Tamara. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because everybody else, I mean, you know, we had our tests for sure, but there was nothing that was like, the, the difference for me was like, Tamara was like, for me, at least she was very, very like calculating and manipulative and evil and like wanted to take you down and like destroy your life. Like I became really good friends with who used to be her best friend on the show. Um, he was like in her wedding, like all this stuff. And then he kind of realized what kind of person she was. And then he called me and was like, look, you have no idea half the stuff that she was like doing behind the scenes and like how she was like trying to hurt you. And I was like, wait, what? So, you know, once you, once you are gone and like you, you see and you hear from people like that she was truly like half the time I was like, am I imagining these things? Like, is she purposely like doing this? Um, and I thought maybe I was like imagining that she was doing these things, but then when you get confirmation of it, you're just like, Oh, yikes. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. And here's the thing, David, I really want to say this with this caveat, like, every single time that I ever go on any sort of like podcast or anything like this and people ask me questions about her, she literally goes out and starts telling everyone I'm obsessed with her. So I even hate talking about her because this is not me being obsessed with you. This is me answering a question from the interviewer. Honestly, you know what I mean? Like it just drives me nuts. And that's why like, I literally, like I start to get like anxious even talking about her because I just don't, I don't, she has, she has zero relevance to my life and I just don't even like, it just feels yucky, you know? Well, how about this? Like, because you say like, you know, like you're happy in life now and you have your daughter, like when you ended housewives, like how, you know, like when you woke up on that final reunion and said to Slade, you were going to get cancer, like when it was finally over, how long until you were like, I can breathe. Like, did that take you know, was it instant? Like it's over? Like, wow, this weight has been lifted off my shoulder. Yeah. Like you were paid and it was great and everything. Or did it take a while to be like, oh, wow, life is getting back to being just no drama. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Cause this is now seven years ago. So I'm trying to like, remember like what it felt like. I think, I think originally it, it was kind of like, it was like a little bit of both. Like it was a huge sense of relief. I mean, you know, a lot of people know the story. Sorry, that keeps dinging in the background. Is that annoying? Now you're, you're fine. So a lot of people don't know the story, but, you know, I ended up having my lawyer send a letter to Bravo because I was very upset about the fact that they kept bringing up this guy that I had mentioned earlier um, and allowing that content to be basically for fodder for TV. And I and it was no longer funny to me. My life had been threatened. I had been in the hospital. I had lost my hair. I lost so much weight. I was having night terrors. He was legitimately stalking and harassing me. And I can say that because I have a judgment against him for those exact charges. 
Um, he was literally trying to like destroy contracts and just, it was a really, really hard thing for me to go through. I had gone in and sat with producers and talked about all of this and showed them. I mean, I had boxes worth full of paperwork and, you know, stuff that I had been in court for years and showing them that the guy had had multiple restraining orders and that the guy just was like, not a guy. It was just a scary situation for me. So, um, so when I gone in and talked with producers and told them that, you know, I really felt like they understood the gravity of the situation. And, and I was just like, I really want to keep going forward with this, but if you guys are going to keep allowing this to be part of the TV show, like I can't do this for my own mental health. Like this is literally causing me so much anxiety and stress and, you know, physical stress, emotional stress, mental stress. And, you know, this was way back before the Me Too movement. So had the Me Too movement been happening at the time, I think they would have been 1000% on board. But that last season, they allowed the women to bring them back up. And I just, that's when I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm just so done. Like, I'm just, this isn't funny anymore. You know, like condoning a man stalking a woman like that, I just didn't think was right. Yeah. So that's why I ended up having my lawyer send a letter and I was very nice in it. I just was like, look, you know, I'm not coming back next season unless you can guarantee me that this is no longer going to be part of, of the show because it's not, it's not funny anymore, you know? And, um, I, and I didn't even threaten like to sue them. It was more just like, look, if you continue down this path, you actually are going to be a, um, what, what do they call it? Like an accomplice? Yeah, kind of. Because at this point, I had proven in court that he had Photoshopped pictures. They had done this. They had done that. And now they're allowing the women to hold up these same pictures that have been proven in court to not even be real. So it's like now at this point, they're actually like doing exactly what technically he was doing to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, and I said, look, I've never been hard on the system. I love working with you guys. I love doing the show. But this is now bleeding into my everyday life where I, you know, am not getting sleep. I'm not, you know, it's just, it's like not funny anymore. And I've proven my innocence and you guys continue to allow them to like push this narrative that isn't true. So, um, so, and I'm sorry, that's a really long answer, but now that a lot of people don't know that part of the story. And the truth is, is that once that all happened and when, you know, they, they called like several times and they kept wanting to, meet with me and talk about the next season, what I had going on. And they just completely ignored my letter from my attorney. And I just said, I will not meet with you guys and talk about anything until you answer my letter. So about the third or fourth time that they had called to meet with me. And I just, that was my answer back. And I basically was ignoring their calls. They didn't like that. And then that's when they called and they were just like, okay, well, it's clear that you just like, don't want to come back. And it's like, it's not even that I don't want to come back. It's that you guys need to answer my letter. So at that time, we just agreed that it was better that we just separate at that time. And so there's always that initial like sadness because it's something that had been a part of my life for half a decade and like every day waking up and filming and like, you know, getting to go on trips and doing all this stuff. So of course there was like a sadness that went along with it, but there was this huge relief, um, of, of just walking away from that toxic environment and not allowing the narrative that they wanted to put on my life and who I was to be manipulated to that level anymore, you know? So, so that's, that's the really long answer. I mean, but that, (laughs) it makes sense. Like you did it for a bunch of years. It's so, do you ever think like, why, like, why couldn't you just agree not to talk about this? I mean, they did. So like, didn't it play itself out, so to speak? Well, that was the part that was really frustrating. So that whole story came up my very first season. Right. And like, I get it fine. It was something that like, what was going on? And I felt like I stood up for myself. And I don't even remember all the details of it. The first season. Yeah, it was just messy. But anyways, it was my very first season I was on. I was like, okay, whatever. If this is going to be your storyline, fine. And I like, I I don't want to say like played into it, but I just kind of was like naive and I was new on the show and I was just like, okay, fine. I guess I just have to defend myself and stick up for this. Well, once it became a legal thing for me and once it became just so like, really, I mean, you know, when we were in court, we had text messages come in from the guy and it showed him and Tamara talking and like in cahoots and like all this stuff. So it was just one of those things where, you know, I just, I, at that point I was like, this has got to stop. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like this guy is literally like 
like stalking me and harassing me. So I've got to like put an end to this. So when I started, so anyways, that was first season. So then the first and second season, they kind of just like, it was kind of a background story, if you will. And then it, then it came up again in my, this season of the show at the reunion and they brought it up again. And that's when I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. Like I literally, cause this guy had, um, we were in court for many, many years. The guy filed an appeal. I had to go back and do an appeal. He filed bankruptcy. I had to go back to court and retry my entire case in order to keep my judgment in place against him. So the point of me telling you all of this is that we continued to be in this, you know, lawsuit court system and they kept allowing things to get brought up on the show, which really shouldn't be brought up, especially when I'm in the middle of a lawsuit on top of it. So yeah, it was just, it was just hard, you know, it was just hard. So I, you know, I don't know why they brought it up that final season. I do think that they regret that a little bit. Cause I've heard from, you know, showrunners and producers that have come and gone and, you know, people that are still in the mix there, you know, I think that they regret a little bit of how it went down with me, but you know, I mean, look at, obviously I still have a good relationship with them. I've come back and done watch what happens live all the time with Andy. You know, I love Andy, you know, the, the network has actually called me several times to do other things for them. So, you know, I still have a great relationship with them because I really did during the time I was on the show, I had a great relationship with them. It was just that one area in particular that was hard for me. And I just couldn't understand how, a network didn't want to protect their talent when they were literally like basically crying to them saying, you know, I'm, I'm literally being harassed and stalked by this guy's here's all the documents. Here's all the proof. I've won my court case against him and you guys still are allowing this to happen. And, you know, my mental and physical and emotional health is, is out of whack because of this. So yeah, it's real life. Yeah. And you have to, you just have to get, you get to a point in anything in your life where something is so, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally draining to that level, you have to decide, you know, what you're going to do. And although I really did enjoy the show and I loved it and I had fun on it, it was just becoming too much. And that's why I said like, you know, I was like, (laughs) I looked at Slater. I'm like, I'm going to wake up and have cancer. And this is just not worth it to me. So he was probably happy when it was over. Oh yeah. He really was happy. I mean, he was kind of the same thing. He just was so over the stories that they kept spinning about him and about, you know, him and his son. And really people just didn't know that full story. And, you know, it's already hard enough when you have a sick child, um, you know, that's already a huge burden to carry already. Totally. Top of it, you know, you have these women and now, the world, you know, thinking something about you as a father. And that was just really hard. So he's been so much happier, you know, being away from it all. And again, I honestly think that in today's space, I do, I think it would be different. I don't think that the producers would allow that as much because I just don't think it would match up with what's obviously going on in our lives. And, um, and just who Slade is as a person. I mean, it's it's like they couldn't, the women couldn't tell Slade he was a bad dad and then see him all day with his daughter and how wonderful he was. It's like, it wouldn't even make sense, you know? So, you know, well, just, it would be different now. I really do. You do think so? I mean, I, do, I really think it would be different. I think, I think that it would just be different. I think I'm, I think I've grown. I think I'm in a different place. I think, you know, when I first got on the show, I was just so, so naive and so green and so like, oh my God, this is going to be fun. I'm going to film with some friends and I'm going to go drink champagne and we're going to get to go shopping. You know, like that's was my thought process. And by the way, they love it when you come in that, you know, naive and green. Yes, they do. Yeah. Because, and then here was me, they were just like, the producers were like, okay. Cause um, Jeff was part owner in the jewelry store from the very first scene that I did with him. So we're out in Michigan, we're, you know, showing where he lived out there and like that whole life out there. And so we went to his jewelry store that he owned and they were like, oh, why don't you show Jeff all the pieces that you like in the store? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, honey, I love this. Isn't that pretty? Having no clue, like so clueless. Like I look back and go, gosh, I was naive that they were going to make it look like I was just this like gold digger walking in there and like showing him all these pieces. And what really sucks is they never showed, you know, that I was this, you know, 
top selling real estate agent for, you know, eight, the last eight years that I was in the top 7% internationally for Coldwell Banker. By age 26, I was, you know, making a million dollars a year and I bought my own home, my cars and like all that. But that wasn't the story that they wanted to tell. They wanted to tell the story that I was this young gold digging woman with this guy that was dying of cancer. So, you know, I mean, and I get it. It's TV, it's producers. It's like, I was like a golden ticket for them when I walked in, you know, they were just like, oh, this is a good storyline. So I get it, but that's what I'm saying. Things are just so different now. And I'm just in such a different space. It's kind of like Heather. I think Heather is just gonna, she's gonna come onto the show just knowing what to expect. And I think I would be in that same space. I just know what to expect now. And I just, I don't think I'll be as, sensitive or get as hurt or get as upset about things. It's like, you just kind of know what you're getting yourselves into now. I think so. And even like looking like at Salt Lake and some of the people they cast now, I think I agree. I think they want a different, I don't think they want the over the top, crazy, crazy. I think they want like people with a career that are, look, you'll stand up for yourself and scream and you'll bring drama. But like, I think they want like relatively normal, even though I hate that word. Right. Right. No, I, do. I agree with you. I think, and again, it's not even like Bravo. It's really the audience that, you know, dictates what it is that they want. And I think that, you know, the audience loves the drama. They love the fights. They love that. But if it starts to feel fake or it starts to feel inauthentic, I think that's when the audience is like, okay, this is not fun anymore. Like, I really want to see the dynamics between, you know, two girls that really have like a strong friendship and like something really go awry and not because they want the friendship to go awry. They just, it makes everybody feel normal that like when they have a fight with their husband or with their best friend or whatever, that it's normal. But it's like, when you start feeling like there's certain cast members that are just creating drama and just creating bullshit just to make a TV show, it just doesn't, it doesn't jive as well with the audience. I agree. Well, well, since you say the world is different and you're different now, assuming that, you know, nothing will be mentioned. Tamara's not there. Why don't you just pick up the phone and call all these people that you have such a good relationship with? Thanks for tuning in to part one of our sit down with Miss Gretchen Rossi and stay tuned for part two coming very soon. We talk more about her time on RHOC. Would she really ever go back? What would Slade say about that if she wanted to go back? Who would she not film with? Yes, we talk about Tamara. We talk about Vicky. We talk more about Heather, Noella, and some of the other rumored newbies. Who do we think Heather's going to beef with? Emily? Shannon? Gina. What can we expect next season? We talk about so much. We talk about an amazing partnership which Gretchen has with LifeVac and just more about Gretchen's life. Stay tuned for part two. We are just getting started, guys. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.